Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The death lineup, we, we're going to talk Warriors. This is the first episode of our new Warriors podcast. The idea of the death lineup is that there's going to be a multitude of hosts here. You see Brian, if you've listened to our baseball podcast, Thompson to Clark, he comes in hot, his hot take, Bry. Obi, no, I've known Obi since he was like six or seven years old. Family friend. You see the Giants hat. He's coming in strong. Uh, and we're gonna we'll have other people come on too, but for show one, this is the crew, and uh not a bad game to join in and talk about because the Warriors kind of put a thumping on the Nuggets 123-107, and the game uh was fairly close for about two and a half quarters, but in the third quarter, the the Warriors just kind of boat raced them to uh to stake out a big lead and uh they never they really never looked back. Um, so the way that we're going to do this is have some main points that I want both Brian and Obi to uh, give me their opinion opinions on. Then we'll give you our likes and dislikes about the performance. Uh, I'll have a big question, and I think it's kind of unanswerable. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the next game, and then uh, we'll have some predictions for the entire NBA playoffs, which we will follow fairly closely. Okay, fellas. Point one, game starts. We see, at least the lineup that I saw, Anthony Slater tweets out, normal lineup for the Warriors, kind of how they ran it, how they wanted to run it from the beginning of the season. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and come on, Looney. And then about 10 minutes later, he says, oh, nope, we're getting Jordan Poole to start instead of Steph. Now, Bri, do you think this was psychological do you think it was as strategic as they wanted us to believe so Steph could close all the quarters do you think it had to do something with getting Jordan Poole going uh you know he likes to play with that swag why do you think they made this decision to have Steph Curry the best player on the entire team come off the bench in game one um I think that I think that that Jordan Poole getting a getting a go and getting into rhythm early was was a was definitely something they thought of. I mean, when Clay came back, the talking point was like Clay's going to Clay's going to start and Jordan Poole moves to the bench. When Jordan Poole was playing those games when Clay came back coming off the bench as the as the six man, it took him a while to get going. Like he couldn't he didn't really have any good games. There's a lot of storylines floating on like Jordan Poole not being able to get going essentially. So, 
I think that when Steph went down and Jordan Poole was able to like be the be essentially like the main um, distributor on offense, almost the main scorer, basically. I think they wanted to keep that rhythm going into the playoffs, and Steph was already going to be on a minutes restriction, so it it kind it, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think the interesting thing is is going to be what's the starting lineup next game. Okay, so and and shout out to Robert Ramos who. I've known Robert since he was like two years old. So for the folks who are listening, uh, we we threw up his his little comment uh, on the live stream here. But um, okay, so I I pretty much agree with you. But here's what I wonder: Is this Steve uh, Steve Kerr going to Steph and say, "Hey, here's a situation. Jordan, he plays with for him to play his his best game. He kind of has to have that swagger to him." Swagger is such an old word, but it kind of fits how he plays, right? And then Steph, you know, he's the ultimate team player. He's the Tim Duncan of the Golden State Warriors. You can ask Steph this question. You can tell Steph, hey, can you do us a solid here so we can make sure that we don't lose Jordan psychologically, emotionally, whatever you want? Because I don't think you can ask Draymond to do this, right? Steph is a particular player. He's a particular leader to where he is, has the ability to take a little bit of a step back and not worry about the machismo of, of starting or whatever, right? So, Obi, what were your thoughts on Steph coming in off the bench, Jordan Poole starting, like the whole scenario that, that we had to start this game? So um, I would say, honestly, so I came back uh, from my adventures today a little bit late. So I didn't I didn't get to catch the start of the game and I was watching and it was it was about like, I would say, seven minutes left in the first quarter. And I'm like, where's Steph? You know, I'm thinking Steph should be starting. The Warriors are back. They're healthy. And I'm seeing Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole's having himself. He's, He's a little bit quiet to start the game, but he starts starts elevating his play he starts getting into a rhythm and then i'm i'm still confused and i'm like mm, this is weird steph comes in and then i see uh, then i start feeling like oh you know what maybe this could work because jordan Poole has started he has started heating up he has started hitting his threes making plays and it's a weird thing because it's like steph should be starting in my eyes he should be starting it's stephen curry the best shooter of all time best point guard in this league today but Jordan Poole having these last few weeks where Steph wasn't there and and starting and coming into his own player and running this team by I don't want to say by himself but like as the the true point guard on this team it feels like maybe they should I don't I don't want to say they should but maybe they should um have Steph come in off the bench because it's if Jordan Poole gets going and then he you sit Jordan Poole it's oh my god Jordan Poole like uh, thank God he's he's not on the floor, but then it's Stephen Curry comes back in and he's taking over. He's leading the team. He's pulling all that gravity. So in my eyes, seeing it today, it was it was weird, but it made me just kind of like think this could work going through this whole series. Maybe not the next series, you know, and maybe it's just for Steph to get his get his legs underneath him and everything. But I thought it was it was interesting. I would say so. Ben Cruz 
Shout out to Ben Cruz. He left a little note about Kerr trying to make Steph the sixth man. And this is what Kerr did with Iguodala, right? When Iguodala came to the Warriors his first season, um, you know, Kerr basically had to say, hey, I actually know it, it would have been his second season. Kerr said, you know, we're going to start Harrison Barnes, and we want you to be the sixth man. Now, again, talking about the machismo aspect of the NBA, starting is a thing, right? It is. It is a rite of passage. It is... You paid your dues, and so Andre's taking a back seat to this rookie, and the reason is all psychological. It, it's let's get Harrison going, let's get Harrison confident, and it worked so well f- for them. So this is not that because this is not going to be what, what it's like for, for the entire series. They, they have the excuse with Steph, let's bring him back slowly, we can do this. He, he, his, he's got an ego. Like, let, let's be clear, he's got an ego. You know, Clay said, you know, you don't shoot those crazy shots and and, and have no ego. But here, here's another thing. Here's another layer to this that, that, I, that I'm actually interested in uh, getting both of your takes on. Okay. Is this an opportunity because, and let, we're not going to take the Nuggets lightly. The, the, the Warriors boat raced them pretty well today. But how did they do it? They played the three guards together. Steph, Poole, Clay. Draymond in that same lineup, Wiggs as as the four. They have that card to play whenever they want. And they didn't play it to start the game. So it was kind of like, hey, Denver, we're not even going to throw our best lineup at you guys. We're going to create an opportunity. Maybe when Jokic goes to the bench that, you know, we're going to put this new death lineup in, hence, you know, the podcast name. And I, I wonder if some of what Kerr's doing is a little psychological with the other teams who kind of have to start paying attention. Like, this is Phoenix's West to win, right? They're the best team in the league. Everybody's picking them to go back to the finals and probably win the championship. Like, they are the favorites. But this is Kerr saying, we we have some stuff that we can pull when we want to. And we didn't even have to do it from the beginning of this game. We only had to do it when we needed it. And I feel like he kind of exposed what they do to the rest of the NBA all in this one game, which uh, I don't know if they needed it. Like maybe he could have hit it a little better, but it was like, Hey guys, I don't know. I hope you didn't forget about us, but we're coming. What do you think about that opportunity, Bray? Um, do you mean the opportunity of just that death lineup? Just yeah, what like, that like just, just the ability to do that whenever they need it and not even showcase it from jumpstart, right? Like this is the move when Cleveland in 2015, when Cleveland takes a lead in the series and yeah. they're like, Oh, now we're starting Andre and Draymond together because we need to get a good start and Bogut's going to the bench. Like That's the card that they pulled to say, okay, we're not even playing our best lineup here. Now we're going to do it. S- Steve didn't wait for the NBA Finals for this to happen. He pulled it out in game one of the first series of, of, the, uh, the, of the playoffs. I like it. I, I think um, I think a lot of people had questions about the Warriors going into the season. I mean, Obi, we talked about it on our last podcast, but Obi had like 
was talking about how the Warriors are almost such a hypothetical team. He was saying like, it's what if Clay comes back? Like throughout the whole season, we're talking, oh, wait till Wiseman, wait till Clay, Draymond goes down, wait till Draymond so we can see Dre, Steph, and Clay. Then Steph goes down. Then now Wiseman's out for the whole time. They didn't go get a second center. I think a lot of people started to, uh, you know, like Obi, wonder if if this team actually actually still like had it in the bag. And I think maybe that was a little bit of a statement first game. Um, and and Steve Kerr, I think I think Warriors fan base kind of gets on him a lot. Which <laughs> and, is, I, I think yeah, you you are one of those people sometimes. I, I yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but um, I mean, Steve Kerr is one of the best fifteen coaches of all time I mean, it, it, it was a vote he, he's in that so i definitely think that it's he doesn't just play around with stuff he's definitely strategically thinking about this stuff um and then for for denver though i feel like we i feel like it's a nod to Jokic, but i feel like we overestimated them just because we we're like this Jokic guy you know about to be back-to-back mvp but and it's so impressive what he did with this with this lineup you look at this lineup that they have that they put out it's is there's Will Barton, number two guy. Will Barton's good, but I, I take the Warriors two through four guys in a heartbeat over him. Yeah. So I just think that maybe I even overestimate. I maybe was thinking like six games. This series can go to six, but I'm kind of thinking in the four to five range because I think that when, like we said, we've said this before, the playoffs is a completely different atmosphere. In the regular season, Jokic could just come out and just, you know, you're not really having time to prep for the Nuggets as much as you do in the playoffs. We have seven games to like, strategically think about how to play this team in the regular season. It's like, okay, I got, I know for the Warriors ass and you didn't have a Draymond for four games. Maybe they're coming off of a back-to-back to play the Nuggets. You don't think about it as much as you do when it comes to the playoffs. When it comes to the playoffs, it's like, okay, we have one of the best defenders in the league in Draymond Green. Looney is one of the better defensive centers in this league. If you could switch off between, you know, they, I mean, they, if you look at the Carl uh, Anthony Towns versus the versus the Clippers play-in game, Clippers sent two at Cat anytime he got into like dribbled the ball from the perimeter. They didn't even really double Jokic. Maybe no, in, they like, didn't the at all. I think specifically he, not. Right. I think that yeah. So I I didn't think they doubled Jokic. I think they were trying to take away like all of his supporting cast, and they just were trusting Looney and Draymond straight up. Looney only played like thirteen minutes too. Yes, thirteen minutes and nine seconds. Okay, so it's a great point. It was where I was going with for point number two, which was Jokic was Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. The Joker was a one man show. Like you said, they uh, they made him work really hard for his 25 points, took 25 shots, missed all four of his threes, one for two from the line, 10 rebounds, six assists. The stat line looks solid, right? But like, but like you had mentioned, they didn't double. And if they did double, it, it was sort of late or it was using the baseline. It was waiting for him to turn away so he didn't have a clear view of the rest of the court, which he is so tremendous at. And so who was the second best player on the court for the Nuggets? Who, who, Brian, uh, you mentioned Will Barton. Obi, did you, when you're, as you're watching... Who do you think is their second best player on the court during during this game? During this game, it's I, I would agree with Brian. It's probably Will Barton. He again, he didn't have the best game, but at at certain times you could see that he got to the he got he got to his point. Uh, I'm sorry, he got to his spots wherever he wanted to go. He got to the cup. Um, it's hard to say who their best player is though, because Jokic makes every single one of them so so much better than we actually believe they are 
you know so Aaron Gordon he was he wasn't really a factor today I, I can't really say he was the best player so if any if anything it's it it was Will Barton I mean Austin Rivers he he was there but he was more of a on the defensive end I can't, I can't really say there was a second best player like I guess it's like it's Jokic and then the Denver Nuggets it, there's not really a second best player for me so I'm looking at the box and if you Go look by plus minus well, okay okay it starts with the b believe just, <laughs> just don't worry about it I'll get there um if you look at the box Will Barton 24 points on 18 shots 10 for 18 two of six from three Really solid game because six rebounds, five assists. He's a minus 14. Jokic is a minus 19. He had the worst plus minus on the Denver Nuggets. Some of that is because he just played the most minutes, right? He played 30. No, actually, he played the second most minutes. Will Barton played 35. Jokic played 34. He looked really tired as well, by the way. But if you go by plus minus... It might be like Jeff Green or, or, or Bones Highland because when they were on the court, they they were not getting boat raced as, as much as some of those other players. And, and, and Jeff Green was interesting because, you know, if I'm Je- Jeff Green hit two open threes and I was like, oh, wow, Jeff Green. This might be a Jeff Green game. And I don't think he sh- I think he shot one more time for the entire game. Twenty three minutes, three shots made two threes. He needed to put the ball up a little bit more. It was so awesome to watch Draymond school Aaron Gordon. Now, a lot of love for Aaron Gordon, U of A, right? He's a wildcat, but like you saw every little thing that I think, you know, probably fans uh, of teams that he's played for are a little frustrated in him in that Draymond was able to kind of push him wherever he wanted to push him. And Gordon was never in a comfortable spot. And then late, and then Gordon's not a bad shooter. Late in the game, Draymond did the little thing where he kind of just sagged really deep and was like, take that three. Gordon passed it up. I was like, oh no, he shook, completely shook. He had a wide open three. Draymond like just was just like, eh, I'm going to go sag back. And he passed up the three. So I was like, oh, this dude, this dude was done. Um, but yeah, so, you know, this is kind of the thing going into the series. Now we have some, we have a lot of great writers for the Warriors. So they're really close to the team. Anthony Slater was, has been saying this the whole time, Denver Nuggets, the better matchup for the Warriors because they don't have a Batman to, or a Robin to the Batman. Now still long series. I know we're like ready to put the Warriors into the second round of playoffs already. They're going to make changes. Both teams are going to make changes. Even, uh, Steve Kerr's quote, uh, what did he say something about uh, game two? Um, he said uh, game two, I had the quote here. Oh, game two after a comfortable win is always, always a tough endeavor. We know it's coming. Denver has had a lot of success in the playoffs. So he completely expects Mike Malone to whatever Mike Malone's trump card that the Warriors showed off. He knows that he's going to get that in game two because game two becomes a must win for Denver. They cannot go down 2-0 in this series and expect to come out on top. So uh, I love the the strategy. I love the uh, the counters. We'll see the, you know, like, like in boxing, 
you know, you have the the aggressor, and then you have the counterpuncher, right? The counterpuncher uh, is often successful. Juan Manuel Marquez, but now it's Mike Malone's turn. He's got a counterpunch, and so we'll see that on Monday. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Okay, point three. Now, we've been watching Warriors basketball. You guys are lucky because you guys are still young. You guys are pretty lucky because the Warriors have been good for like most of the time you guys have been watching basketball. Now, I know there was a little bit of a romanticism with the Miami Heat there for for you know the both of you a, a little bit back it's in the day. It's still there for the guy below you. <laughs> I'm, I'm still a Heat fan. I'm, I still think we're going all the way. Um, but, you know, you guys are lucky to see the good basketball starting in 2013 when the Warriors, kind of the upstart team, they beat Denver with Andre Iguodala on Denver. Then they get to the, the San Antonio and they push San Antonio. The next year, they they lose that tough series to the Clippers. But since then, it's like, man, these guys are just, they've, they've been such a good basketball franchise. So. You watch, and, and Steve Kerr has been coaching this team. What is Steve Kerr like? He loves passes. He loves cutting. He doesn't like taking bad shots. He likes them getting good shots, and then he, and then if those good shots, uh, if they find a better shot, then you pass it to the better. Like, this is that Steve Kerr basketball, right? Motion, motion, motion. Is he the happiest guy in the world tonight based on how they played tonight? Like, they played to his vision of basketball energy and I know there's still going to be some doubters Draymond had some quotes where Draymond was just like this guy's a great coach and I was like wow Draymond I know I know Draymond likes him but I didn't know he liked him that much because they you know they butt heads a little bit but Bri what did you think of the way that they played and how that offense flowed and how like did Steve Kerr even need what did he call two timeouts the whole game like that the (laughs) game just moved I mean, the the momentum was definitely in their favor after about, I think the momentum was in their favor for a good amount of time. Once we saw that death lineup get rolled out, like even though it was like a two point game at half, I don't remember the exact amount. It still felt like this was just trending in the Warriors direction. But 
Steve's got to be the happy, got to be the happiest. Like you look at how many people he played in, in minutes that matter. Cause I don't think those JTA Kaminga Moody minutes mattered, but there's like 10 guys being played. You usually only see eight around eight in the playoffs. And Steve was able to bring through like 10 guys with 10 who had meaningful minutes, all 10 of them. Yeah. I think Iguodala had one of the least amount of minutes in that 10 man rotation. And I still think that he, um, I still think that he brought a lot of uh, important minutes. I think like four assists or something about pretty behind the back pass that auto oh junior. Ah, he missed, missed the, it in the corner. Yeah. Man. So um, Steve's Steve's got to be for sure happy. Um, I, I know we'll get into Kaminga watch, but I'm I'm re- I'm ready for him to make an appearance. But it looks good with these ten people, and this might just be matchup based. This might be situational based. I thought that Bielitsa was probably like a couple weeks ago. I thought it was going to be Bielitsa that probably didn't play in the playoffs. Maybe we saw more Kaminga because of that. But Bielitsa ended the season pretty strong, and I think he helps them uh, specifically against the Nuggets. And I'd assume. Whatever Matt, whatever team they play next, if it's the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves, I gotta think Bielitz is gonna be in that too. He, just based on who they have. He can definitely play in this series. And the reason is if if you are playing to let Jokic get his, Bielitsa can stand in front of him. Jokic is still gonna dribble it, move, post move, post move, and he's gonna get there. But Bielitsa's body is big enough to where He's not just going to fall over. He's not just going to flop over. He, he knows what his job is. And it takes, it gives Draymond and it gives Looney reps off of Jokic because guarding that guy, it just zaps your energy because he's so big and he's so strong. And, and we know how good Draymond is. And sometimes, you know, Draymond's just like, he's just so mad because he gets pushed back so far into the bucket. Um, but yeah, no, Bielitsa can play in the series. Now, can Bielitsa play... If it's Memphis or Minnesota, I'm thinking Minnesota. I don't don't know know. about Memphis because Minnesota, you have Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed who are probably both going to get minutes. Uh, Obviously cat, but Nas Reed is the, is their backup center. Like kind of like the boogie cousins on the, on the nuggets where Jokic comes out. Okay. Boogie right in. I think it could be the same thing for cat and Nas Reed. Nas Reed's a pretty big guy. I can't think of if you're playing Looney 13 minutes. I don't, I don't know total reason. I haven't heard a quote of why Looney was only played 13 minutes, but if you're if you are using Bielitsa um, right now to guard Boogie in that in that backup, and then also get some minutes on Jokic, like I think it's a similar situation up there in Minnesota. And I, I obviously still think that the Grizzlies are going to pull this one out, even though the the Timberwolves shocked them in the game one winner. But uh, I like him against the Timberwolves still. Memphis is a different situation because they have Jaron Jackson Jr. They got Stephen Adams. Who's that other big guy? Brandon Clark is that his name? San Jose State, yeah. baby. Yeah, Brandon San Jose, yeah, yeah. San Jose State. State. I don't know if I like Bielitsa against him. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I think I don't I know the, against the Grizzlies. The main, but, the main, but, the main thing though for Bielitsa is he's got to shoot. Oh yeah, he's yeah, got definitely. to shoot. He still loves that pump fake and then that drive that takes about seven seconds to get to the bucket. I just want to see him. I would just rather him pull rather than even try that because you because half the time he's going to lose the ball in, in into the paint. All right, Obi, go for it. I mean, so watching this game today, it gave me like deja vu of what the Warriors were back when KD was on the team. The ball movement, the open shots, the threes, the fast breaks, the turnover or the uh, forcing turnovers. It gave me like that that like past experience of watching this team and Steve Kerr has to be happy because they're playing perfect. They were playing perfectly in his system today and he, they got all the good open shots, the better shots, the great shots. And when we speak about like the death lineup 
and the trump card i think it's kind of crazy to think like you have a trump card that could you have four players on that on that trump card that are on your death lineup and you can swap out the fifth player whether it's bielitsa whether it's looney whether it's Otto porter i think there is no trump card like that in the nba so that's a that's something to watch honestly um it's it's weird though it's like the warriors were struggling early not early but like early on in the season and now we see them everybody's healthy and now it's like oh the warriors are the warriors are like a problem if we don't watch out for them and then if you have bielitsa i know there there is like a, a matchup problem against probably i would say memphis too you could probably downsize and go with an auto porter jr there and, and you can use the trump card with auto porter um maybe it, it wouldn't work as well but i would say in minnesota the better it, it is the better matchup but that Nas Reed, Bielitsa minutes, if that were to happen, I would still take Bielitsa guarding him, you know, because I, I don't I don't think he did a bad job on DeMarcus Cousins today. And Got I was telling Brian, the game. Yeah, yeah, he didn't do he didn't do too bad. He, DeMarcus Cousins got two techs and he left. I was telling Brian today that the, the Warriors uh, used the Jordan rules against um, against Jokic. They were just being physical and just would not let him get an easy shot, even though he was getting some open, not open looks, but like some mismatched shots The everything he got, he worked for. So I think if they can come out and keep that 100%. same energy, it's, it's going to be hard to beat. Doris Burke was so mad during this game. <laughs> She's getting so mad that he wasn't getting the foul calls that she yeah, thought he did. He's, he's going home with some bruises tonight. Hey, look, sure. but, but, but that's a, the great point. What you just said though, is if we sort of, unravel that for a second the Warriors may not get those that physicality based on the referees right some the referees tonight allowed that stuff to happen maybe you go to Denver they may tighten that stuff up and then it's a lot a lot easier for Jokic to get to his spot True. so that's something something to look for uh for for that all right yeah wait really quick and I think that's why we didn't see Correct me if I'm wrong, but Draymond didn't get a tech and there was like three techs assessed tonight. And if you told me there was three technical fouls assessed tonight, I'd be like, okay, Draymond one, Boogie one. It was like Clay one and Boogie two, right? I don't think I don't think Draymond got any. Who, That's who was the wild. double? Who was the double tech with Clay? Oh, it was Aaron a double. It might, yeah, I think it was, I think it was Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Gordon. But I think if the refs didn't allow that to happen, if if they go to Denver and it's it they start calling it more with that stuff, I think Draymond's gonna get a tech pretty early. Uh, okay, so we talked about it. We've been watching it all season long. It is the Kaminga Watch 2022. Kaminga Watch. So I, I was actually trying to find some like snazzy, snazzy background music for the Kaminga Watch. Um, oh, let's try this. It's like oh, romantic no. music. Yeah, it's, I it's, like it. It's, 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 it's too sexy. <laughs> uh, you know what? It kind of fits. Kind of fits. The human helicopter, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you know we love young players. We want young players to succeed. Kaminga has had so many ups. He's had a couple of downs, but it just means that he just gets less minutes. Um, but uh, let's so let's talk about. His stat line for the night. Brian's going to be in charge of giving us the Kaminga Watch stat line for the for the, the the podcast that we do. Give us a stat line. Okay, so it's not as happy of a Kaminga Watch today. 
we are looking at about three minutes played. Um, yeah, three minutes and 37 seconds played. His one point was going was gonna to come from being physical, like at the end of the game, driving to the rim against former U of A classmate of mine, Zeke Najee. Um, but Zeke wrapped him up just to not let that happen. Kaminga misses the first free throw, hits the second. Kaminga, three minutes, one point, minus six. Yeah, there, there was a there was a few of them who played there at the end. Uh, Toscano, uh, Kaminga, Damian Lee, Moses Moody, they all played at the end there, and they ended up with a minus six. Um, all right, so I want you guys to uh, to give me your favorite thing about the performance, and then maybe one thing that we should kind of think about going into game two uh, that that you saw from game one that, that could be a little worrisome. I mean, I, I'll start with, with the positivity piece of this, and this is an easy one, right? This is the Jordan Poole game. Shout out to uh, Golden State Warriors Reddit account. Uh, I don't know if he actually did the Photoshop or not, but uh, that he, he is who I got it from. Uh, <laughs> it was a pool party. Jordan Poole had uh, like a if you if you had sort of in your mind figured like what's the perfect Jordan Poole game first first game of the playoffs. He's never played in the playoffs before. This had to have been it. I mean, we, you know, look at how many shots that he took to get to his thirty. He took. 13 shots, made nine, five of seven from three, seven of eight from the free throw line. So he also is getting to the rim. 30 points plus seven. Uh, what a what a what a spectacular playoff debut for Jordan Poole. And I think there was a there was a Anthony Slater. He had a, an interesting stat. Something I don't know, I don't remember it exactly, but it was like the last X number of games, Jordan Poole had like 94 three-pointers made, and the second next person in the league was 70. So he was shooting those at a very high percentage, too. It was like 42% or something. So this guy, and, and going back to what we said at the top of the show with Steve Kerr not wanting to slow that down, and well, this injury sort of allows them to, to get him back in starting lineup. Now, I don't, you know, when, when Steph is healthy, I guess you got to start all three of those dudes and maybe sit Looney and then Looney has to come in at some point uh, for, for one of the, the three shooters, you know, maybe six minutes in or something, maybe it's clay, but that like, like they can't like Steph cannot come back in his starting lineup. And then you sit pool because if you go by earning your minutes, like he's their best player on the court in a lot of these games. Now Draymond's their they're, they're overall like sort of lead dog, but from an offense standpoint, it's clearly been pool. Even with Clay being hot, Steph will be the guy. But if Steph's injured, you know he 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 played all right time. We only had like sixteen points. It's got to be pool. And so I think, you know, what we're gonna see is we're gonna see the three guard lineup start, and we're gonna see Loon uh, go to the bench because again, his his heart, his machismo can take it. You know, he's he's been that's why he's so good. But I think that's what we're going to see maybe starting with game three or four. It's almost like Kerr's going to want a reason, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, let's say in game two, the Warriors have to pull it out late. And then Kerr creates this narrative like, oh, we're not as good as everyone thinks we were after game one. And now we have to do that. Like Kerr likes to do stuff like that. So I would expect it. Okay, 
Um, Bri, what was your your favorite thing? Okay, so my favorite thing also ties into my least favorite thing. So maybe I should go last to do a little snake draft. All right, Obi, go. My favorite thing, I would say it was the physicality and the energy. More the energy that brought along the physicality. I feel like at times the Warriors can come out lackadaisical and everything and be a little on the slow side to get started. A little and sleepy, they were, sleepy Andrew Wiggins-ish. Yeah, taking, taking some four shots, some like not driving to the basket, taking threes. The, the Warriors get a little three happy sometimes. And then that usually happens when they're not as energetic early. So I think my favorite part about watching this game was they came out, even though they did start off a little bit slow, it never seemed like their energy wasn't there. It always seemed like they're taking good shots and yeah, they're missing. But once they start to hit, then it's going to be a slippery slope and then it's going to all start falling down, you know, and that's what happened. And that's probably my favorite part from watching this game today. All right, Brian, you can do your, your both my like and dislike. Yeah. So, um, my favorite thing about this game, uh, one of my favorite things about this game was that the Warriors were able to win when Stephen Curry had 16 points and went 5 for 13. That is a 38.5% from the field. I think that shows that a lot of guys stepped up. Obviously, Jordan Poole from the defensive end, a lot of people stepped up. But that's also my least favorite thing, that Stephen Curry was 5 for 13 from 16 point, for, with 16 points. Um you know, step. I mean, Obi, I, I feel like you've kind of you've kind of forgotten about this, but the Warriors started like eighteen and two, right? Yeah, yeah. The Warriors started eighteen and two. Stephen Curry was like an MVP candidate for yep. the first third of the season, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, is. we aren't completely too removed from that, but also the events that led after him trying to chase that three point record, he kind of went into that slump. It's it was, and that slump kind of carried with him past when Clay came back, like past i think we all we we actually went to one of the only good really good steph games in that stretch that minnesota game in december where i think he had around like 45 something like that 42 but i think that steph going five for 13 i think this time around i i'm not worried because i think during that stretch of that slump he was trying to force a lot of things he was trying to yeah, forced a lot of shots to get out of the slump and it wasn't entirely working and then the events led to where they switched his rotation minutes back to that what thing he was that that rotation is used to from last year. Um, then Draymond was coming back. You saw that first game when Draymond came back against the Wizards when they all three were in the same uh, on that lineup that it looked like Steph was finally able to get the shots he wanted back because of that uh, DHO from Draymond. Um, so I think this five for 13, even though I still think it's a little bit of a cause for concern because we haven't seen Steph go on a good stretch of of, of good points, like high points good field goal percentage since like the first third of the season. But I still think that I'm higher. I'm more optimistic from this game than I have been on just like random good games that he had during that slump. I I think that he didn't force this game. So I think that uh, it's bound to get better. Three for six from three. So usually when when the Warriors fans get frustrated, it's because he just cannot hit that three ball. And he's like two for nine. But three for six is good. He he his uh, his uh, attempts will probably be more in the in the ten range, like like Clay was tonight. Uh, but it was you know two four seven on his other shots. He he looked a little uncomfortable early in the game. I know the announcers were saying that I he looked he very fluid. Legs. 
Yeah, it, it, lo- it looked like he didn't have his legs in his jumper. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, second half, he, he came out and he, and he was uh, he was Steph of Steph, you know, Steph of old. Uh, so my only negative, and it's really hard, right, to when you pick, you watch a game like this, and you're like, hmm, what's the one thing that we can kind of pick uh, uh, about the team? Yeah, we're just nitpicking. It, it is a nitpick. It is a nitpick. But, you know, at the, at, at the same time, Kerr does not want his, his team to feel like they, they don't have to keep on with the, uh, on, with the gas pedal. Uh, I think... It is just the uh, Wiggins had a really good game, sixteen points, eleven field goal attempts, nine rebounds. That he was the leading rebounder on this team. That's big. There were there were some moments where he like flying down the court, last man back, and just show you know just uh, uh, he he I thought he was gonna crush one on Jokic, but he went he went for a layup. Uh, athleticism that was the wigs that we saw early in the season and that's the wigs that got voted in to the all-star game so when he plays like that it's almost like he is the, the the warriors can win if he doesn't play well but if he plays well it's almost like they can't lose yeah and so i my worry is that if he struggles uh that that he he's such a big piece of of what Obi was saying earlier the the energy piece, I kind of you know he's never been in this in these moments and so we saw how Pool reacted to his first moment. Not Pool's not going to have a great game every game. Wiggins I think is a little bit more of an X factor that's hard to figure out. He was a you know people didn't I don't think anyone realized he had nine rebounds to lead the team. He's kind of doing this a little bit under the radar. So I want him to continue to play that way. But I know that he's going to have some troubles too. He's going to go to the free throw line. They're going to start doing fouling stuff. Like they're going to get if 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 the Nuggets have to play another game like this, they're going to start doing stuff like hack a Looney and and hack a Wiggins and and all that stuff to to try and change the tempo because they don't want the Warriors to be running and doing all that stuff. They want to like muck up the game, and I could see that happen. So my my one slight negative is just that the the team seems really reliant. Uh, on Wiggins playing well and that, you know, we may, we may, we may see some Porter in the Wiggins spot just because Porter's a tough guy and a tough rebounder. But again, Wiggins out rebounded everybody, including Draymond in this game. So props to him. He had a really good game. uh, And I, and I just, I just hope it continues and that we start seeing the Wiggins that we enjoyed uh, in the beginning of the season. Okay. So one unanswerable question before we kind of move on to the predictions, and I say it's unanswerable because I think the the bullseye everyone circles this on the Warriors is when they're healthy, they can play like this. Are they going to be healthy throughout this entire playoffs? Is Steph going to miss a game? Is Draymond going to miss a game? Is Clay going to have to miss a game? Um, that because if they do, then you're talking about a entirely different team. When they have, you know, the full squad, you know, David Lee, uh, together that they, they they match up so well with a bunch of teams. But you you pull some minutes off of Steph or Draymond or Clay, and I think it just changes the whole thing. So I think that's the one unanswerable question that we're going to be watching the entire season and and our entire playoffs. And if they miss 
a game here or there, I think that that really, really can affect them. And look, they're, you know, they're they're the gold blooded championship team. They got a lot of championship miles underneath them. Uh, you look at someone like Phoenix and like their best guys are all young legs, except for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul has a reason to want to beat the Warriors, right? Like that thing is is uh, in, you just just in him. So that's kind of why I, I, I kind of wonder if there's a Chris Paul thing there for the Warriors that he just will never be able to beat them. At least at least I hope um, so unanswerable question. But I think that's kind of the big question mark about the team in the playoffs. Now, let's go to Monday's game. They play game two. It's at Chase again. Uh, Robert mentioned Chase giving him uh, Oracle vibes. The crowd was into it big time. We'll see what happens when the team struggles, because that's the real true (laughs) mark of a crowd, right? Is because the the crowd will kind of get tight when 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 the team's not doing well and they'll, oh, my gosh. You know, what's going to happen here? So we'll, I, I want to see what happens when, when the Warriors struggle, see if that crowd is still there. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be interesting to see what the starting lineups are. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Nuggets do. Is there anything that you guys think that the Nuggets may have up their sleeve to try and muck up this game a little bit? Brad, you want to start? <laughs> there is, I was about to bring that up because I'm really interested to see what Mike Malone tries to change up from, from what they did in game one because I'm just trying to think about it like different – guys you can try to put in the rotation or like different lineups you can use or does Jokic need to stay in that first stint a lot longer than like I just can't think of anything so if he's able to come up with something like that's super props to him because I can't I can't think of really anything that that they could really do that would swing the game completely in their favor maybe their guys showing up but it's just the Warriors I I would bet on them to play great defense again yeah well I mean no Murray I think he that that's a big one for them unfortunately they haven't had him all season so it's not Mm -hmm. like you know, he was going to be this uh, late savior MPJ as well. Obi, is there anything that Denver can do to change up the tempo of the series? Ah, that's tough. You know, I was, I'm just like Brian saying, like, I'm, I'm trying to think about it right now. And the only thing I could come up with w- would be like setting pick and rolls with Draymond Green on the weak side. So he can't help and trying to get players like Jordan Poole or Steph on uh, Jokic so he can, facilitate and get to the paint or get to his spots shoot over those guys but it's hard because Draymond Green that defensive juggernaut the defensive captain he switches before you can even get to those (laughs) to those mismatches so it's hard to say like oh yeah let's just run pick and roll and get Jordan Poole on Jokic when Draymond Green might just switch on to Jordan Poole's guy and then you have Draymond Green on Jokic and it's it's a lose for you. So it's going to be hard, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued or like I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what they're going to cook up. I would say the one thing that I kind of wonder, and this is just because of watching the warriors in, in the playoffs over all these years, Aaron Gordon is never going to be an X factor against the warriors. He's just not, he's not efficient enough of a basketball player to where he's going to give them uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble. I almost wonder if you, if they need to go a little small, you know, maybe uh, Barton Morris and Highland, you know, you look at rivers and rivers just looks like he's, you know, he's around the ball and he's doing all those things. Then you look at the end of the game and you're like, 
did he did he really do much, especially against the Warriors? They they've played him so many times over the last years, and all you see him doing, you know, is uh, making getting caught, you know, fouling guys uh, out on the perimeter. But I wonder if you if you throw a Highland and Morris and Barton in there, maybe Jeff Green slides over to the four, and you just have Jokic uh, with with you know four shooters and, and try to do it that way. Uh, that might, but you know, then you're playing into the Warriors' hands of of getting the tempo up again, and they're going to beat Denver at that game. I feel like so. I don't know. I, that it's, I did it's think of something. Game. I remembered something. Okay, <laughs> there's a guy on the Nuggets who was suspended for Game One that I completely forgot about, and his name is Faku Compazzo. Yes, uh, pesky little guy who to kind of annoys Steph sometimes, but I, I don't think I don't think it changes too much. But he's definitely <laughs> still someone that's 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 played on that in that rotation in meaningful minutes for them. So, but with Bones Highland though is he he's a rookie i mean yes. that's it, it's it, um he wasn't shy big time. He was a big minute, he's not yeah. he's not he wasn't he's shy not. he put up 10 shots <laughs> he, and he, he, drew, he, he probably put up more he drilled a deep one and then he tried it again and like he was way off i i think a way that they could because i don't i don't think necessarily the the warriors their strength all the time is uh ball defending so if they could take advantage of some of these one-on-one matchups. Jordan Poole isn't the greatest defender, but he's not, he's not no sucker on defense where I'm not going to not going to downplay Jordan Poole's defense, but there are times where Wiggins tends to slack off on defense when he's guarding the ball or he, when he's on ball. So if they can take advantage of some of those matchups every once in a while, and then th- get inside the paint, that's when I feel like the Warriors are going to start having problems, start having foul problems. So that's maybe one way, but it's, it's a tough call, honestly. Okay, let's look at the NBA playoffs. We'll quickly give our predictions. I know you guys have probably done this already on on the BAM, uh, but let's uh, let, let's give your thoughts. So, who comes out of this first round? Uh, Brow, you can start uh, out of the out of the four matchups in the West. Who do you have? I have I have no upsets. So you want chalk, chalk, Suns, Mavericks, Warriors. Grizzlies. Even if we don't know what's going on with Luca, I I just think that the Jazz are choke artists. They That's won true. today. That's true. They, I mean, they were almost did, but they didn't. <laughs> but, All right, what I about the East? Yeah, nothing. Um, I'm gonna go Heat. Chalk, chalk. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so all, all all the top. No, I mean it's it's you know it's the playoffs. It upsets are I don't I wouldn't say they're rare, but you know a lot of it's matchup like based. It, yeah. Uh, Obi, do you have any upsets in the first round? Mine's a little bit different. I thing is, I don't believe Luca's coming back for three games. And if the Jazz can get these two games, I have the Jazz coming out. But other than that, I think it would be Suns, Jazz, Warriors, Grizzlies on the West, and then on the East. Uh, it's basically the same thing as Brian said. The only the matchups you can't ever bet against Kevin Durant. That's hard, but the Celtics are too good of a team. If they do come out, I think it's 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 going to take seven games, and then I do see the Nets losing the next round. But it's chalk, yeah. All right, I will say uh, Jazz only because of of Luca. He's so dominant on that team. He's so ball dominant that uh, you know I the, their whole their whole game plays different without him. If he misses. 
this second game and they take a 2-0 lead, oh man, like uh, you know, he, he even him coming back uh, from the injury, even if it's 100%, you know, to win four out of five w- w- would be definitely tough. So I'm I'm picking Jazz in the upset there. I wanted to take the Timberwolves before the game started, but now I'll just look like a bandwagoner by picking <laughs> T-Wolves. I still think the Grizzlies will figure it out just because they're, it, it's not, you know, it's not like the Timberwolves are this veteran club who's using this sad, like they're both young teams. And uh, I think the Grizzlies are just overall, their roster's better. I think they'll come out of it, but I'm I'm happy to see them go seven games, right? Because yeah. that's the Warriors bracket there, who who they're going to face next if they can beat the Nuggets in the East. The tempting one was the Raptors. Uh, oh, yeah. Scotty Barnes hurt his ankle. We'll see what happens there. I think he's okay. Uh, I mean, sure they said that they said the X-rays were negative, but that doesn't yeah. always mean that you know. It just means that the ankle's not broken, right? Yeah, he's still he going like, to deal with the sprain. Uh, and, and so uh, I think the Bucks and the Celtics will also advance. I'm rooting for the Nets, though. I always root for KD. I want to see him shock the uh, the the bracket there. I just wish I believed a little bit more in Kyrie as a big time. I, I know we like Kyrie. I know he's a he's a magician with the basketball. I know you know he's kind, he's just a, such a great scorer, but. Uh, my, if my back is against the wall and Kyrie, I'm depending on Kyrie to save my life. I'm not sure if I can depend on him. I don't know. There's something about him that, that kind of drives me a little nuts when it comes to like the, like the guile about basketball. Uh, he seems like a front runner sometimes, but he's terrific scorer, terrific ball handler, really great player. All right. So now when we go to that next level, uh, I think everyone's, pretty much taking the suns but do you guys pick the warriors or do you pick the grizzlies bry i i'm i'm going warriors i i i've just been wanting to see this warriors suns series this western conference finals this potential western conference finals matchup for a long time and i i, I the grizzlies are just young um i mean i i'm i'm ready for the the weird Andre Iguodala booze throughout the Memphis stadium for that. They still hold on to for some reason. Um, <laughs> he he did not want to play for them, <laughs> but we've been saying, we've been saying that Memphis, Memphis scores a lot of their points. They're in a lot of fast breaks more than they are the half court offense because they're able to force turnovers. They're a long athletic, lengthy team, good defenders. They force turnovers, boom, right into the fast break. They don't, I think they're ranked around 29th in three pointers. I don't know if it's three pointers made or three pointers attempted, but I just think that when it gets down to the playoffs, hopefully I I think they will, but the Warriors will get um, better about not turning the ball over. Um, And I would just, I would probably, I would take the Warriors. I, I don't want I don't want to sweat. I don't want to say seven, but it could be. It could definitely be. Uh I agree with both of those. I think the Warriors, this may be the last year that this may be because I, I feel like the Grizzlies, they that they, they're going to learn a lot about their basketball team and Ja as well. He's he's gonna he's gonna learn a lot about himself and his team and if he's gonna take it to the next level to be that like top, top guy. But uh, I think the Warriors are going to outlast them. They'll figure it out. I think it'll be a really close series, though. And, of course, I think the Suns are going to boat race whoever is in front of them on that side. On In the East, Obi, are you taking 
your heat. Oh, 100%. Uh, all the way to all the way to the all the way to NBA finals. Uh, it depends on who who they're playing next. So they would be playing the Sixers. I have them beating the Sixers. Um, and then if they were to play the Bucks or the Celtics, I would be concerned. But I do think they match up pretty well with both those teams. So I I would have confidence that they could go all the way. Yeah. Bucks or Celtics, you think? Bucks or Celtics are the two teams that do scare me because they match up well with the Heat. Um, and the Celtics right now that like I've never seen a team hit a hot streak like the Celtics have in like the recent years of the NBA, like they have this year. Um, so if those two teams make it up to the Eastern Conference Finals, but who do you I, have between I, them two? Oh, oh, those two. Um, sorry, probably the Bucks. I would probably take the Bucks. I think they have the the playoff championship experience. You got to take experience over over the young guys sometimes. All right, I'm going Sixers and Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry for your heat. Wow. Um, and then I'm. I think the Bucks are going to come out of of that side. Um, and then on the and then on the West, you know, it's if it's Phoenix and Warriors, I think if the Warriors are healthy, I think they got a shot. But I just think it's going to be so hard to get there, and I don't think Phoenix is going to have the same. Uh, the same amount of games, the same amount of miles that they're going to have to go through. And I do think Phoenix is going to be a little bit better than the Warriors, but I think it's going to be a great series. I'm picking Phoenix and the Bucks, and I'm picking Phoenix to win the title, but I would love to see the Warriors get there and give it one more shot. It would be amazing. Imagine Warriors against Giannis or, uh, you know, Warriors against Embiid or, or whomever. It would be great. It would be great theater. The NBA would love it because the ratings would be up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we get maybe we get somebody. Uh, let, let, let's uh, maybe CJ McCollum hits Chris Paul's hand a little hard. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Something. I don't, not not oh, that no. I want it to happen, but you know, <laughs> we, we were just talking about the Warriors' injuries. He's the one guy on that team who yeah, uh, who's Paul a little, does little get hurt you know a lot. He, he's he's a little up there oh, as yeah. well. Uh, all right. So wh- who's your finals pick, uh, Bry and and then Obi? I actually said it on on Rom's podcast before the season started, or maybe we were three games in. I said Suns Bucks repeat. It just seemed like it was the it was the thing that was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I want to be wrong because I want it to be the Warriors. I think the Bucks is, are going to win it in the East. Um, I think they're the best team, but I think the Warriors fully healthy, and that's what Obi's talking about with this hypothetical stuff. Like I have yeah. to say fully healthy because yep. anything can happen with this team, which sucks. But um, fully healthy Warriors, I think them and the Bucks are the best teams that match up against the Suns. Um, and I've been saying that. So I'm going to... I, I, Warriors, Warriors, Bucks. I'll just roll with it. And then do you think uh, you think the, the Warriors win that? <laughs> <laughs> with Brooke Lopez um, back, that's going to be tough. Oh, man. No, I think the Bucks will win it. Oh, could wow. not, could not go to that last level. level. That's tough. That's All right, tough. Obi, who who wins the NBA Finals and what's the matchup? Um, again, I I I want to say the Warriors go all the way, and I feel like it's depending on the Memphis and Timberwolves series. If the Memphis and Timberwolves go seven games, and the Warriors go no more than like five, I do think the Warriors have the upper hand there. But the Suns. I would say I would take them over the Warriors because you take one player off that team and it's still the wheel still moves. I feel like if you take one play off the Warriors, it's a broken wheel sometimes. 
and I feel like the the Suns have that luxury. So I would say on the West side, it would it would, I'd probably take the Suns, and then I hate to go against my Heat. But <laughs> I, I hate it. There are some questions. I'm not gonna lie. There are some questions. Who's our number one scorer? Who's our finisher? Who's our closer? We have to figure all that stuff out, and I feel like it's late to figure that stuff out right now. Um, I feel like the Bucks know who they are, and they know how to do this. So I would say Suns Bucks again, but I'm having I'm taking the Suns this time. I think the Suns have grown. They're mature. It seems like this year they've just had that like they've had that energy, that look of like they they want revenge on the Bucks this whole year. They didn't care who was in their way. They were stepping on anyone. So. With that energy, I feel like the Suns are going to take it this year. Is uh, Jimmy, I hope not. Jimmy Butler and Spo going to fight for the playoffs are over? <laughs> I hope not. Brian was trying to spread rumors <laughs> out there that Jimmy Butler's leaving. I don't think it's happening, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's that's the end of episode one here. Uh, appreciate Bri and Obi for jumping on late night, Saturday night after uh, the Warriors win game one. Uh, we don't have a set schedule here. We're going to figure out when we can get guys together. You saw Ben Cruz come into the comments. I would, I want to get Ben on as well, but he's a new father and he has a new job as well. So uh, he's not a new father. He, this is second child. So he's a new child. So uh, anybody who knows who, who, who's a, who's a parent knows that, uh, you know, for about the first four to six months, life's a little rough there. Um, but uh, congrats to him and his wife though. Uh, and I know, Bri, we, we wanted to get uh, Eric on as well, but uh, we'll get him on in the future. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, listen to uh, the BAM pod. You guys are doing football, baseball, and basketball, all three sports, uh, at least once a week, right? Yep. Well, all, I mean, yeah, each, each show gets an episode a week. So you guys are my closest thing, my closest thing to a three-sport athlete. so you guys are getting three episodes a week and then of course the new bspn network here we have thompson to clark we have the 49ers podcast the red and gold standard with matt and zach and then we have this show the death lineup i'm 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 looking for an oakland a show we'll see There, there there's a possibility that we have somebody who wants to do it um, but that, that'll be the next one that we add in if, if we add anything anytime soon, but it's very new network. We're growing first show here. We're going to have, we're going to stream, uh, all of our basketball shows on YouTube as well as put them in the podcast feed. So alrighty, thanks to Bri and thanks to Obi. I'm double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. 
If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.